For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. It's a Chiefs victory party. Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam, and Matt Connor. The whole gang is here. We're here to, to troll the Raiders. We're here to laugh and have fun because it was a, a great Chiefs victory. But before we get into all that, um, we appreciate your patience waiting for the, the afternoon games to end. Um, all four of us and everybody on the on the Arrowhead Addict crew and, and, and fan sided just wanted to give our condolences to Legarius Sneed and his family. Uh, if you if you hadn't seen the reports yesterday, Sneed didn't play today. He's down um, in his hometown with his family. His brother was uh, um, horrifically murdered. Uh, we don't know all the details of that, um, but he passed away, I believe, on Friday night. Um, Patrick Mahomes gave Legarius a plane, a, a loaned him a jet to to fly down um, to be with his family yesterday. Uh, so he was out for the game today. Um, we just were, it's terrible. It's awful. Um, you know, we're here to talk about football and have a good time, but that's the real life stuff and it impacts the team and the players. And I know all the fans love and care about Legarius and, and just wish him, uh, all, all the best in this uh, really difficult time. All right. Um, we're going to get into it now. So uh, sorry, stop, start off on a somber note, but this happened between shows. And so we just wanted to um, to mention that uh, to Legarius. Okay, so the, the Chiefs just absolutely curb stomped the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it was great. How's everybody doing? And what are you drinking? I'll start us off. Uh, I've got a Southern Tier 2Xmas Spice Double Ale this is incredible. If you can find this, um, brewed with orange peels, ginger root, cardamom, cinnamon, fig paste, and cloves, it tastes like Christmas. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm raising a glass to the Raiders just completely falling apart today. It was awesome. Uh, let's go. Let's start with you, Verdram. And I know you're going to be eating Count Chocula later. Uh, initial yeah, reaction. Like, kind of, once we get through the initial reaction, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear for about a minute and then come back with the Count Chocula. 
Um, that's going to be what I'm what I'm handling and taking care of. Um, and that, I, I love that the fan page just turned into an I'm Count Chocula page. So that's <laughs> that is just this yeah. is taking on a life of its own. Uh, and yes, Mike, uh, listen, you're gonna get you're gonna get plenty of warning for the Count Chocula experience begins. Which, by the way, is going to be an unmute experience. Otherwise, it'll be the absolute worst experience of all time. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm Count Chocula, eat me in the chat. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a it's sort of funny, but also kind of creepy. I'm, I'm concerned, but uh, I'm either way, I'm having the damn bowl of cereal. It was it was uh, it was a damn good day if you're a Chiefs fan. There really was. Like, you know, normally even if you win in the NFL, even if you win somewhat convincingly in the NFL, 10, 14 points, like as a fan, you kind of sweat the game out because you usually don't get like way up. And that game, that game felt over like midway through the fourth quarter. Hell, I could make an argument it felt over after the first play from scrimmage. <laughs> I mean, like really, like you really almost looked at that game just went, yeah, it's over. Like that, you're not you're not going to win the game if you're the Raiders doing that. And of course, that portended what came. But forty eight to nine, is, that'll that'll play. That'll work. <laughs> Sterling, what are you drinking? <laughs> Initial reaction. Uh, just like the Chiefs did to the to the Raiders, took them on a ride. This is a winter ride. Double Bach. Uh, I got it at Trader Joe's. It is fantastic. First one of the night. I got something special coming up a little later on in the show. But initial reaction, this was the Raiders Super Bowl. They're their only team that gets to play in two Super Bowls every year. And since Andy Reid's here, they're, uh, what, 3-13? and Not very good. The Raiders, when will they get it through their dome that trying to poke the bear is going to somehow work out in their favor? They, we all know about the victory lap, and then they get curb stomped next time. That I mean, it's a what was it, eighty nine to twenty three this year, yeah. and the two games yeah. played. That's absurd. Yeah. That's not even little brother. That's baby brother. That's unborn yeah. brother. I mean, just like <laughs> get it through your skulls. Yeah. Stop messing with it. You got. I love it because they got Patrick riled up. You can see him on the sidelines just getting stoked. Andy Reid was out there saying, all right, even if we take the the pedal off a little bit, we're still going to try and, and just, just bust you. I absolutely love that. Every single running back seemingly scored. If I would have gotten the game, I think I would probably have scored a touchdown as well. I mean, there is getting beat in all phases of the game. It was incredible to watch. This was the game that I think catapults this offense to go along with elite defense. I love it. I absolutely love it. And we got to do a hat tip to, to Jaden uh, Lawler, who just bought us a, a domestic beer. Appreciate you, Jaden. That's awesome. Uh, much, much appreciated. Very, very kind. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a big catapult game for the Chiefs um, because of some of the things that they did on offense that we haven't seen them do very well in a while. Uh, and, and that's really exciting. But let's go to uh, the editor of Arrowhead Attic, Matt Connor, who is in his closet. Um, how are you feeling, man? Um, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm drinking root beer in honor of the Raiders who need to stop drinking and appearing in the middle of the field or doing whatever it is that they think of doing. I don't know. I'm also just drinking root beer. Yours sounds like a root beer, Patrick. You just named like every spice I've ever heard of in some kind of like yeah. witch's brew. The only thing you <laughs> yeah, didn't say was like, I have new and ward of toad. Or something I in your uh, yeah in your thing there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the best soda there is. dude, hell of hell of a day, uh, you know. Like I mean, after that first play of the game, I just thought we're done. I started writing the recap, talking about the Chiefs' dominant win after that play because I was just so. Yeah. Of course, now I say that, and I'm going to jinx them sometime. <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about, but what what a day. What a day. All right. All right. So Verderam's going to go get his Count Chocula. Um, and uh, while he does that, we'll get we'll get a little started talking about the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense here. And if you don't know, Verderam, he's getting the Count Chocula. He made a bet on the on the show. I forget exactly what the terms were, um, but he said he would eat Count Chocula live on the air if the Chiefs did something. And so he's going to do it. By the way, you're listening to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. A couple things. If you're out there in YouTube land, hit that thumbs up button for us. Really appreciate it. It'll help get more people into the victory party. Uh, you can always subscribe to us. We're on all the places that you get audio content. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will read your review live on the air on one of our shows. And then lastly, this is really exciting. Um, if you if you didn't know, we are giving away a signed Tyreek Hill jersey. So you need to go to my Twitter to find out how to enter. The first thing that you can do is subscribe to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel right now. If you're already subscribed, you're good there. Um, that's one of the things that you have to do. Go to my Twitter at our Patrick Allen. Um, you need to follow our 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 our, our friends uh, who are providing the jersey um, and retweet the tweet and be subscribed to this channel. And we're giving it away on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Arrowhead time. So make sure you do that. Uh, oh, somebody, the host. We have put the the the, the my Twitter in the chat. So um, okay, let's talk about the. Oh, here he is. He's back with the Count Chocula. All right. Verderam's going to eat Count Chocula live on the Arrowhead Ad podcast. It's come to this. Gonna, Frankly, I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner, um, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, how is it? Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful thing, I, right. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to put it on mute because otherwise it's going to be a disaster. Please. But yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> the Count Chocula might put up more of a fight than the Raiders did today. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll listen to you guys. I'll be here in a few minutes. In the meantime, I'm, I'm enjoying my couch. I'm feeling a little awkward, but screw it. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> we're going to need, we're going to need to make another bet where, because I had to dump beer on my face. We're going to have to make another bet where if Verderam loses, he has to dump Count Chocula, you know, in his mouth, live on the air, whole box. That'd be great. Okay. So let's talk about, I want to talk about the Chiefs defense again, because, and the offense played well today too, but just the Chiefs defense remains dominant. Nine points given up today. Oh, look, they're at home. The Raiders are shorthanded, right? They don't have Darren Waller. Um, you know, when your number one receiver is Hunter Renfro, very good receiver, not scaring anybody, right? They just let him catch a bunch of balls. Sterling, what's your, what are your thoughts on this defense? They, like, so I've got a, qu- a quick stat before, before you give your opinion on this. But we, we talked about this on the, on the preview show on Thursday, that the Chiefs, they hadn't allowed seven – they had allowed 17 points or fewer in five straight games – which was their longest streak since 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. Make that six, only nine points today. Can this defense keep this pace up for the rest of the season and into the playoffs? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, this defense looks legit. One, two-game sample size, you're like, all right, that's a small sample. Six games against solid competition. The Raiders see Kansas City two times every single year. If there's any team that should have some sort of advantage of what they're going to do, it's this team. Wheels on the bus go round and round while the Chiefs beat the brakes off of the bus. I mean, <laughs> is there a bigger midseason signing than Melvin Ingram? Trade or otherwise? It's incredible. It is it, great signing. I mean, it's a, bringing him in, move Chris Jones inside. We say it every single week, but just look at what Chris Jones has done inside. Frank Clark looks like a new man, even though he had the one uh, offsides. Off he was, if you watched him, just every single snap, he was getting the quickest jump 
that defensive line was getting after Alex Okafor had a sack and a half. Are you kidding me? If he's going to start doing something, watch out. Secondary was incredible. The freaking uh, Mike yeah. Hughes game, which who would have thought that the was Mike coming? Hughes game. The Mike I, Hughes, Josh Gordon game. We're going to get to it all. Jaden, we have to hat tip Jaden again, boss, another Budweiser. Uh, appreciate you, Jaden. He's got a question, so we got to answer it. Uh, and I'll, I'll give this one to you, Matt Connor. Are the Chiefs defense, are they a top three defense in the NFL right now? You know, I'll, I'll say this. I think the potential is there to be a top three defense in the NFL. I mean, I'll, I'll say it this way. Right now, we should turn the sound on for Matt cereal eating, by the way. I'm feeling a little aroused just watching it. I felt it's the so same weird. way. I felt the same way when I was watching the Chiefs today. I'm just feeling a little excited. My marriage has been a little slow lately anyway, so I appreciate days like this where I get to feel a little something, something. So, Matt, if you want to turn the sound up while you're slurping, sound that will help me. Sound I love design. it. I love it. Doesn't hey, matter. Look. It's gone. It's beautiful. I'm going to have a second bowl later. I love it. Matt, how do you not love this? I mean, you're like, like on paper, this is what we're talking about, right? Melvin Ingram, Jaron Reed, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. On paper, you're like, okay, are we playing some Madden or some sort of like crazy fantasy defensive league here? Because that sounds great. And they're actually playing like it. Last week, we saw Rashad Fenton out, who's a hell of a guy this year. And DeAndre Baker steps up, looks reliable. Mike Hughes steps in for Legereus Sneed this week. We're even going without some parts and still continuing this dominance. All three levels... Uh, Spags is putting together exemplary game plans. Execution is looking great. Honestly, even in this game, though, the Chiefs still made several mistakes, right? Like like we saw Travis Kelsey have a couple penalties. I mean, there were penalties here and there that like either kept drives going or, you know, on defense or stalled them out on offense. So it's like the Chiefs can get better is what I'm saying. And they're already as dominant as they are. So I'm anxious to see how they do on a rebound, like, you know, three days rest and then play the Chargers. That's going to be a hell of a game, man. But uh, the fact that even some of those guys got rest today, like this was a storybook win, a storybook win. Yeah, and it was exactly what they needed, right? Because they're playing the Chargers on Thursday. They're not getting yeah. banged up. And and this is a defense that hit the field without Legereus Sneed. They lost a, 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 a really physical uh, player, a good blitzer, a good tackler, aside from being a great corner. Verderam, now that you're, you're, you're digesting that wonderful bowl of Count Chagula, yeah. your thoughts on the on the defense in their play today. And do you think they're a top three defense in the NFL right now? I mean, now? they are right now. Like, what the hell is the argument that they're not? When is the last time the Chiefs give up a meaningful touchdown? I know. I mean, I thought about this, so I know the answer. It was against the Giants on November 1st. That's the last time. I don't. I, I could be wrong with this, although I'm almost 100% sure I'm not. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I also think it's the last time that any team had the ball at any point in the second half and was within a score of the Chiefs. Nobody's close. Nobody's close. And, and I get it. Like early in the streak, you'd say, well, Daniel Jones, Jordan Love. All right, well, Derek Carr's leading the league in passing yards, and they have kicked the crap out of them twice. I mean, at what point does that matter? Dak Prescott, they see the land in the first half of that game. They couldn't score a point. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't pick up anything. The Broncos, I get it, not a great offense. No one would argue that. They scored three meaningful points. Like, I, I don't care who you're playing. If you're doing that, you're kicking ass. And today, like as great as that offense was, especially in the first half of the Chiefs, that doesn't that lead doesn't happen if the defense isn't just getting off the field over and over and over and over and over. Like, are they a top three defense overall all year? No, because they were so bad early in the year. 
But have they been a top three overall defense the last month and a half, two months? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't expect it to continue. Now, look, they are going to have a very big test on Thursday. That team can score a lot of points. They've got weapons all over the place. Herbert is a great young quarterback. That game, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, that game's going to be won or lost by Kansas City's defensive line. If the Chiefs get home in that game, they're going to win. That honestly is how I feel. But for now, look, that Raiders game, this could have been a game where the Chiefs could have overlooked it a little bit. Even though it's the Raiders, you know, you got that Thursday night game coming up. Ah, we just killed this team. The Chiefs smoked the Raiders in every conceivable fashion. And the Raiders played the part of the of the of the stooge, right? I mean, five turnovers. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But I, you know, like usual, I was chatting with my dad throughout the game. And after about the second series, I said to him, I'm like, this game's over. They can't block them. They just can't block the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs were in the backfield the entire game. I don't know what they end up with. Five sacks in the game? Is that the official total? Four, four, I think. Um, I mean, they they were all all over them. And if the, if, if the Chiefs can do that with the way that the the back seven can cover, it's over. You're not going to beat that very often. I thought that's what we saw today. The Raiders just really had no answer for the four man pressure games, and it resulted in what was pretty easy blowout win by about the middle of the second quarter. It's really unbelievable the way that the Chiefs are playing so confidently on defense. I think that one of the things that's jumping out to me is that they're just they're they're just a different team than they were earlier in the year. They're 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 flying to the ball, they're flying downhill, everyone's playing with confidence, and they're going in there and they're making things happen. They're punching like they were punching the ball out on the Raiders tonight. Like they weren't just fortunate, right? Or Derek Carr's terrible. They were making these turnovers happen. And it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Jaden, uh, again, another Budweiser. Um, yes, shout sure. out to Patrick Allen for for getting my name right. Uh, get yourself a beer. Yes, sir. Um, appreciate you. Uh, yeah, just absolutely incredible by the Chiefs in the pass rush. And I like th- this was, uh, you know, I tweeted this with, with Snee being out. It was like the pass rush is going to be the key to this game for the Chiefs because if they can get pressure on Derek Carr, forget about it. There's not enough weapons out on the field. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And that's the biggest change for me. Matt Connor, what about you? I know you were so high on this defensive line coming into the season. Uh, you were really high on Turk Wharton. He shows up with a big play tonight. Uh, how do you evaluate the play of this defensive line for the last few weeks? <clears throat> I mean, you just said it. I mean, they, from the word go, they were dominant. You know, Jaron Reed punching that out from the first play. Mike Dana's making play. You know, Mike Dana should be a starter, and there's not a place for him. But, I mean, there will be going forward after this year. Right. I, 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 I love the depth they have. I love the overall talent. Um, it was everything we thought they may have coming out. You know, they say the game is won or lost in the trenches. I would trust these trenches in a way that I would have never trusted them in years past, even in like Super Bowl years past, both lines look so deep at this point and exceptional. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be um, – I-, I think this is a deep – these guys will get it done deep into the postseason, barring injury. That That's that's the key from here on out. Sterling, I just wanted to ask you, we've talked about Melvin Ingram. How how much do you – like obviously a lot of us has had, has had to come together for this defense – to start playing the way that it's been playing. But how much do you put on just the, the acquisition of Melvin Ingram alone, allowing the Chiefs to, to be a little bit more physical and intimidating up front? That was the excuse to move Chris Jones back inside. So for me, 
it's the biggest move that you could possibly make. Yeah, Spags has been incredible, but Chris Jones has been the difference maker. When you are the second best interior defense alignment in the NFL, use him. When you're not a an edge guy, it's not going to have success. The second he moved back inside was the second the defense turned around. Ingram obviously plays a, plays a part in that, but it, the acquisition, I think, makes more sense than his actual performance on the field. Gives Spags a lot of credit. Spags has changed, adjusted. Obviously, we thought that Thornhill should have been getting a lot more snaps than Dan Swordson early on. He was, I don't want to say stubborn because they know more than we do. We're not in every single practice. We're not there behind closed doors, but give Spags credit. He adjusted. He changed. Uh, I would like to see more Nick Bolton, but obviously they're doing something right playing Ben Neiman. So give Spags a lot of credit. Who would have thought that a dude who's won Super Bowls knows more than us, but give that man a lot of credit. Well, I think you look at look at the way that they're playing on defense in a game like this. You know, you want to bring Bolton in and he's your hammer. He's going to help you out in the run. The Raiders couldn't run the ball early on, and then they didn't have time to run the ball. So you don't see a lot of Nick Bolton in a game like this. Burham, you had something to say. Take it away. Well, I was just, first of all, I wanted to, I've seen some questions going down the side. I just wanted to say, look, uh, I know my, my fan page asking, uh, of course, I'm going to answer, what, what did the Raiders do defensively? They play a lot of too high. No, they didn't. They played just like they played in the game a month ago and just continued to get torched. It was really – it's quite a, quite a bold strategy to give up 41 points a month ago and then come back and go, you know what? Fuck it. Same thing. Let's see how things yep. play out, boys, and then just give up 48. Really well done by Gus Bradley and friends. No, they, they did nothing differently. And I look, I said before the year started, I really thought this was the best team that the Chiefs had assembled with Mahomes like because of the defense. Because of all the moves they made to shore up the offensive line, and early in the year, of course, it was a really uneven performance. In fact, by I mean by their standards, it was dreadful. But three and four overall is uneven. Now I think you're starting to see why, at least in my eyes, like why I felt that way. Like this team defensively, if they play like this defensively, and they even get this offense to eighty percent of what it was to start the year, it's a wrap. They don't lose another game. There's no, there's nobody beating this team when they play defense like this. And that's where look. I'm more confident about them right now at nine and four than I was last year going to the playoffs at 14 and two. Because even though they were really a great team to go 14 and two and the one loss was a backup laden loss, I, I worried about them defensively at times last year. I worried about their offensive line. I don't worry about any of that right now. They can maul anybody they face. They're as good defensively as anybody in football. And you know what the great thing about them is defensively? They can play you any way you want to play. You want to line up and try to run power? Fine. You want to try to spread them out and throw against the corners? Fine. You want to throw short and try to beat the Chiefs and make them, make them tackle in space? Fine. You want to throw deep and you got to block them for four seconds? Fine. Any way you want to play, they can play you. There's not any part of that defense that I look at and go, I don't know. You know, even the other one, the Super Bowl, I always worried about them getting exposed by backs and, and, and tight ends and coverage. But that was, I remember going to the Super Bowl. I was so worried about Kittle because it was like, eh, you know, you, you worry, you worry about, you know, could they, could they handle him? Could they handle the backs out of the back? I don't worry about that at all with this team at all. Yeah. I saw somebody ask yeah. earlier. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't get who it was, but somebody asked, what would the difference have been if Waller played today? Uh, 48 to 10. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. nothing. You know, and that's why with them, they're they're just so complete defensively. Everything's rolling. They have four guys who can get to the pass the passer at all times. And I just think like everybody's focused nationally anyway. I think on the wrong thing. Like what's going on with the Chiefs' offense? Not today, obviously, I think everybody'd be satisfied. But like what's going on with the offense? 
the offense doesn't have to score 35 points with this team. If the offense scores 24 points, you're probably winning every game. You know, yeah. and that's to me, that's the bigger story. And that's going to be the story Thursday night. But give them full marks. You know, they come out of the bye three games in a row against the division in 12 days. Well, they're through two of them. And they've, they've rolled. I mean, these games have not been contests, especially obviously today. So now they go into the game that I think is going to determine whether they're a five seed or they have home field throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and we got to give a hat tip to to Rasta Kaufman. Appreciate you. Uh, he says, dance on the arrowhead. Uh, you lose. Glad we stomped him. And let's talk about that, right? Um, I, I wanted to get to that. You know, it's the big storyline of this game. The Before the game starts, the Raiders go up. They, they're down there in the end zone warming up. They run all the way across the middle of the field. The Chiefs are in the locker room, stomp on the logo, have a little, you know, fire themselves up. You know, you can imagine what what they were saying. Hey, we own this stadium. We came in here last year and we beat these guys. They embarrassed us last time. Blah, blah, blah. Talk, 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 talk. First play of the game, they fumble for a touchdown. Uh, and from there, the route was on. Um, I, I maintained that they they angered the football gods. A lot of people really believe in the football gods and that you shouldn't anger the football gods. And for me, what illustrated the anger of the football gods and w- when I knew that they were really like making the Raiders feel their wrath was towards the end of the game when uh, when when Carr just got absolutely annihilated by Okafor. His soul left his body and the ball left his arms. And it would have been a, a scoop and score, but yeah. the rest blew the whistle. And then on the very next play, it was almost as if like you could cut it together to where like the ball comes out and then you just cut it together and it's Gore running from the same spot essentially and into the end zone. Um, uh, uh, hat tip to, to Jaden again. Um, uh, and we'll get to your question just to say about Josh Gordon, but I want to on the logo thing. Um, Matt Connor, you saw everybody wrote, you did a whole post on this on Arrowhead Ag. They were getting roasted on Twitter from former Chiefs players. Give us a little bit of a taste of that. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it was hilarious. It was hilarious to see the Schwartz brothers, um, you know, Colin Saunders, some others uh, who were like sitting this game out with injury, commenting on it. I, here's what I think, though. I, I think it was a good move for the Raiders long term because they laid such an egg. They laid such an egg today. Like, like of all the games where they had to show up. Right for the Chiefs, this was a chance to put a stake in the heart of a rival, and they took that opportunity. And for the Raiders, it was back against the wall. If we have anything left in us, today's the day to show it at Arrowhead. They like they didn't go out like uh, competitively. They laid an egg from the very beginning. They pulled some dumbass stunt at midfield that Derek Carr like after the game. Derek Carr just says, "Hey, I backed my guys, and so we went through with it, and that's all I'm going to say about it." Right. So he wouldn't like throw his guys under the bus, but he essentially said, I wouldn't have led that whole endeavor. Right. So at this point, if you're if you're like part of the decision making brass of the Raiders, if there was any thing that you were like, if there was any chance that the Raiders were going to like. It looks like uh, we got a freeze up. We got a freeze up. It's a hilarious freeze. It is Um, a great freeze up. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get, um, we'll get back to Matt Connor when he comes back. I'll yeah. say one thing. Vegas flew like 1,500 miles to basically film a TikTok, and that was it. Yeah, I right. mean, they, I'm surprised. They sh- they're going to go after Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster because that's all they care about right now, apparently, is, is looking good for, for Twitter because that was just a abysmal performance. You can't do that. Sherman holds you, This is why you don't do this kind of shit, right? 
this is why you don't talk trash, you know, like before a game or anything. Just don't, just don't do that crap. It's not really because, uh, yeah, you don't want to give your, your opponent any extra motivation. And I always talk about the bulletin board material. Look, these guys are professional football players. They don't need any extra motivation, right? Like they might say that they take X and Y and Z and use it. But like the fact of the matter is, it probably doesn't change the the outcome of many games. They're all super ultra competitive and they want to win. But what does happen when you do this kind of crap is you get roasted over. Like if they did, they were already going to get made fun of for getting their asses kicked, but now they're getting made fun of with so much glee by everybody because they were so dumb before the game. Matt Verderham, your thoughts on the logo dance. First of all, Jaden, again, Jaden at this point is putting my kids through college. Um, my, my man, uh, appreciate it. But uh, listen, I, I, uh, I think that this is summed up easily. When you do something like that, like the actual act of it, when you think about it, like, all right, who cares, right? Like they ran at the 50 yard line and got tried to pump themselves up, but it's disrespectful as hell. And if there's one thing that pro athletes will use to get themselves fired up, it's that like, it's disrespectful. It is a shot. At who you are. It is a shot at your pride. Like as Chiefs fans, like we all see the logo and it's like, oh, it's this thing we love. As a player, that's at you. That is a direct shot at you. It is we don't respect you. We have no we have we have no worry about you. And I gotta tell you, that's a hell of a shot to take when you just finished getting your doors beat off 41-14 a month ago on national television at home. Right? Like, I wonder, and I, I thought about this in real time, after that scoop and score in the first play from scrimmage. The Raiders who led that thing, were they like, oh, God, that that might not have been the best decision in the world? Like, it's just – I don't mind. I really – like, look, I, if, if the Chiefs did that to the Raiders, I wouldn't – I would feel like, all right, you probably don't have to do that. But, like, they probably can back it up. The Raiders doing that is just such a ridiculous thing. And then I loved at the end of the game when the Chiefs played wheels on the bus as they walked off the field. That is so just in your face here. It is. By uh-huh. the way, and this speaks to a bigger point. Did anyone, uh, Harold Kuntz, who does a great job, I think he works at Fox in, in case he, he's, I like Harold a lot, um, talks to him a few times. He tweeted out a, a short video of Frank Clark during the game kicking into the field goal net as he was just warming up to kick just for fun, just entertaining the fans. Like, that's how much the Chiefs think of the Raiders. Frank Clark's <laughs> not, even like, not involved with the game plan, not involved with watching the game was just kicking field goals into the net because it yeah. just doesn't matter. They're dancing on the sideline. They were there was one point in the game, it was in the second half, in the third quarter. They were dancing on the field. Like they were just having a good time. You know, fans I mean, that's when you dance. That's and the Raiders you, were in the red zone. And the yeah. Chiefs were like, it's over, <laughs> man. We don't give a shit. The Chiefs are like, yeah, screw you. It's 38-3. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That to me. A, it's funny because it throws it in the Raiders' face. But B, like that speaks more indicatively to like where the Chiefs are mentally right now. They're fully back. They are yeah. just like, especially defensively. It's like, yeah, whatever. Here it is. Beat us. And yeah, yeah I, I will. I guarantee you this: the Raiders next time they play them next year, there won't be any of that. They won't yeah. be doing any of that crap. That was is embar- to lose is embarrassing enough like that. To do that beforehand, yikes. Yeah. All right, we got to get to some some questions. Thank you, uh, Wilder 05. Um, for, we got to go back to so let's go back to Jaden's first question uh, and appreciate you as we transition to offensive talk. Do you think they'll use Josh Gordon more now? They were definitely trying to get him the football a little bit, got him a touchdown in this game. Uh, let's go to you, Sterling. Do you think do you think we're going to get more Josh Gordon? Uh, maybe a little bit, 
because no one else has stepped up. Byron Pringle, I feel like didn't see him hardly at all. I haven't seen the snap counts yet, but it seemed like it was drastically less. Uh, McCole Hartman obviously had that big catch, but they've obviously taken back his snap uh, count share. This was a concerted effort on that specific play to give Josh Gordon the ball. That, to me, shows they want to try and get Josh Gordon the ball more often. We didn't see him much more after that as far as making plays. But just to me, that shows we need, we want, and we have to get Josh Gordon the ball, get him more involved. So I do think we'll see more Josh Gordon. I don't think it's going to be like 75% of the snap share. But I think we'll see maybe 30 40%. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's you look, you know, everybody needs to contribute. Josh Gordon was never going to be like a Megatron out there or anything for the Chiefs. So as long as he could contribute, especially in the red zone, he's a big bodied receiver. That's where you want to use him. That's great to see. Verter, and we're going to give you this one. Uh, it's it's Shane's other question because you know everything. Um, the Raiders have only beat the Chiefs three times since 2013. Can you name those games? Well, last year, obviously, home game, 40 to 32. I can I can think of one off the top of my head. It was 2017. It was that game on Thursday night in Oakland where I was physically sick as the Raiders took like 29 attempts to score on the last play of the game. The refs blew it. I'm standing yeah. by it. That was, that was <laughs> and then, yes, the other one I can. I can tell you 2014, another Thursday night game in Oakland. The Raiders were winless. And they won the game late. And it was it would have been the Jamal Charles game otherwise. But I prefer to think of all the times the Chiefs had just beaten the absolute doors off the Raiders, which I think I've said that phrase like two or three times tonight. Listen, the Chiefs have owned the AFC West for I mean, hell, they win it this year at six in a row, but under Andy yeah. Reid, they just do not lose games in the AFC West. They don't. Yeah. So they are now what, three and one this year with two games left at the Chargers, of course, Thursday, and then at Denver to close out the season. And here's actually a little fun thing. If the Chiefs win on Thursday, the only, the only thing they'd have to do technically to win the division is beat Denver. Even if everything else went against them, if they just won that game, they'd win the division. Hopefully, of course, they'd come to that. But they've been excellent against divisional opponents. And if you listen to them talk, and Andy Reid, he said many times in training camp and in OTAs, they spend a lot of extra time on their on their opponents in the, in the AFC West. They focus very much so on the tendencies of those teams and, and and the personnel groupings or anything else. They really feel like if they can win those games, they have a massive advantage. And of course, that, that's true. But not every team does that. Not every team treats divisional opponents with more uh, attention. And, and I think it's a great thing that the Chiefs do, and it, it's shown in the results. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, of course, Verderam is going to know almost all the trivia you can throw at him. Um, and and Wilder's uh, 05, thank you again. Um, bought us a, a domestic beer as well. Um, a blowout against a bad team rarely uh, exposes your weak points. Name three things that the Chiefs need to work on after this game that stuck out to you guys. I'll start us off uh, with one thing, penalties. Uh, yep. Too many penalties in this yep. game for the Chiefs. Uh, forget where they landed, but I think they had eight at one eight. point. Um, yeah, so they've just they got to clean that up. Um, you know, This is a game where you know, you're, you're killing them. Maybe you get a little bit sloppy, but... That's going to matter. It's going to matter on Thursday against the Chargers where the game could be a little bit tighter. So, And that's been a problem for them this year. They need to clean it up. Matt Connor, uh, what was one thing you saw tonight that you need to work on? Well, that was the that was the main thing. I mean, they're still looking a little bit sloppy there. That that opening series was concerning. I mean, if we're nitpicking like we are now, you know, the opening series where you go three and out, you come out and give yourself. There were a few moments where it was third and long and maybe didn't need to be, maybe because some runs didn't work you know, leading up to that or whatever, uh, feels like if you're going to establish the run, maybe establish it. And if not, then, then, then don't, but Mahomes was, was hella efficient and 
I mean, again, we're nitpicking here, but but yeah. Uh, Matt Connor should never say hella since this is no longer 2004 in New Jersey, but you know, <laughs> that might be the third thing. Yeah. That's a boss word, right? <laughs> it's top shelf, man. It's top shelf. I would, I would say the penalties are the first thing that jumped to mind. I think if I had to pick anything, it's still proving they can beat cover two because they did not see a lot of it today. So it's probably beating cover two. I, that has to be. And Gary, I see you with, can I please put a cheese pen up? Gary, there you go, bud. Right over the Super Bowl uh, blow-up Sports Illustrated cover. I got all the AFL teams up there. Um, No, I I think, look, penalties were one thing. Beating cover two, proving you can beat cover two is another thing. Um, And and then I also think, if you want to go another way, like getting a third weapon that's consistent. Getting a third, you know, I mean, Kelsey didn't have a big game. The Raiders clearly tried to take him away. The Chiefs made him pay everywhere else. That's fine. Is that Gordon? I don't know. They obviously want to get him involved today. That's a good sign. Is is it just saying, look, we got we've got Kelsey, we've got Hill, and we're gonna pound the ball, and we're cool with that. Like Edwards Alaire and Daryl Williams can be that might be plenty. Like that that might be enough to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's not. I just if we're if we're looking for a little that would be those three things for me are still top of mind. And the, their tackles were a little bit soft today at times. I mean, Crosby's a really good player, so is Ngakwe. Wiley, if they can get Niang back in there to start, I think that's probably the uh the way to go. I think Darrell Williams is now the de facto wide receiver, too. I mean, he's obviously stepped up. He's been incredible. It's like Christian McCaffrey, but make him healthy. I'm kidding, obviously, to an extent. (laughs) I I think one one way we could probably say, as far as nitpicking, would say, why are we running the football on second and ten? Andy Reid loves to run the football on second and ten, and how often has that ever worked out? It always seems to go to third and ten. And I'm not, again, very small thing. It's 48 to nine. I'm not complaining. It's just something for the future that if I could say, hey, what's some tiny thing that irritates the shit out of me? It's running the football on second right. and 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Sterling. But on the flip side of that, or to play devil's advocate or whatever, we know we've heard a lot about that the Chiefs need to run into these light boxes. And uh, I think, you know, if you get, a, you knock a couple yards off there, um, if they're showing you that light box, with the offensive line that the Chiefs have. And we talked about this, Verderam and I, with Jeff Schwartz just a couple of weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. And he said the Chiefs can run some power football. For them to get good – look, I think there's going to come a time where the Chiefs are going to need to be able to run the ball really well to win a football game, especially in the playoffs. And so getting these reps now and doing these things, I, I like it. It's not always going to work, but with the way the defense is playing, I think you can get away with it. For him, you got something to say? Uh, I mean, always, but not not in particular. (laughs) Listen, I I think right now they're playing as well as they've played all year long. And I get all offensively earlier in the year, they were great, but obviously defensively they were the complete opposite. This reminds me a lot of when they won the Super Bowl. And it doesn't mean that that's going to be the same result. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen for sure. But this reminds me a lot of the year when as you came down the stretch, you're like, man, they're not giving up points. And offensively, if you remember that year, they weren't scoring a, a bunch yeah. of 30s down the stretch. Mm-hmm. 23 against Denver, 26 against the Bears. You know, they, they, they did score 31 against the Chargers, I believe, the last week. But they also had a, a kick return for a touchdown in that game. Like, their offense was kind of, eh. But you saw that defense, and it was like, yeah, they're, they're coming. Like, big time. And they started just winning every game. And I will say the one thing, if they get to the one seed, and they're going to have to win Thursday night to do it, okay? 
If they do that, you're going to have to go in there as an opponent and either beat them off a bye, or you're going to have to beat them when they know that if they win, they go to the Super Bowl in their building. That is a Herculean task either way. And I also believe, I'm not a big guy in all this. You always hear people like, are they holding stuff back? I, I don't think very often you hold stuff back in the NFL. You're trying to win every week. But I do believe with Andy and how big of a playbook they have, there are certain things that come to playoffs they have been working on and waiting for. And then all of a sudden, you know, like Rose Bowl right parade, right? Like stuff like that, where it's like when they've got to have it, here it comes. And you have no film of it and you've got to deal with it. They break tendencies in the playoffs. So I just feel great about it because of their defense, which they scored 48 points today. And my biggest takeaway was, man, this defense is just kicking ass. They're killing people. And that's, I think going into Thursday night, that's why I feel good about it. I, I just think right now they're rolling in a way that reminds me an awful lot of the year they won the Super Bowl. Really quickly, just going back to the run game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had his best run of his career. That touchdown run was something we have not seen from him hardly at all. The vision, the the ability to bounce it outside, I thought that was incredible because a lot of the critique on Clyde has been, one, going down at first contact, he ran hard today, and two, where's the vision with as a whole burst through it. I thought he did a fantastic job on both those touchdown runs. Fantastic job throughout the game. I know it's only 3.7 yards per carry. I get this. I, I, I agree. He should be averaging more when you have light boxes. But he right. noticeably looked, at least to me, improved vision-wise today. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, was a, that was a heck of a run. We're going to talk about that in, in a little bit as well. I want to touch on the, the Daryl Williams receiving thing again really quickly because I think it's really interesting. And I think this doesn't happen on a lot of teams, but you know, he, he, we heard Mahomes joke that Daryl was always telling him I'm a, I'm a receiving back. Right. And it just, it was a fun anecdote, but then they started throwing the ball to him more. And this is, and it's the same reason like everybody gets mad sometimes when they do the trick plays down at the goal line and stuff. And we know that Andy, like he lets guys design plays. If they come to him with a good idea, he'll put it in the playbook. He likes to try to get linemen to, to run the ball. He likes to give the ball to the fullback, those types of things the backup tight ends that I think this, this has Andy Reed written all over it. It's this guy goes out. He says he's receiving back. He makes a great play. Maybe Andy puts together a little package for him. He puts together and, and, and on that play where Daryl got the touchdown, we got to give a hat. Patrick Mahomes goes up to the line, sees where the mismatches moves Kelsey over in tight and sets it up to get that touchdown. That yeah. is that no one's going to talk about Mahomes doing that. They're not, you know, they're just, oh, he got through a touchdown. But that is a great thing to see from your franchise quarterback. Yeah, perfectly done. It was well done. It led to a walk-in, little little pin by Kelsey there on the not pass interference interference. And uh, Williams walks in un- unabated. You know, they're, they're just doing a lot of little things right now. But we've talked about this for months on this pod. Like, this is about them. Their biggest opponent is them, often. It really is. It's about them beating themselves and not beating themselves. They took eight penalties today. That's too many. But they didn't drop any passes. That's a huge step for this team. They have to stop dropping the football. Well, they stopped. I thought Mahomes was perfect. Like, literally was perfect. I don't think there was one bad throw he made the entire game. Maybe there's one I'm not thinking of. He was great. And I also loved in this game, too. You know, he scrambled a decent bit. But he was under control. Like that throw he made to Hill in the third quarter was ridiculous. He was, uh, uh, next gen stats had it. He was running to his left at six miles an hour and threw the ball 38 yards across the field and 44 yards down the field against his body and hit Hill right in the hands. Like that's Mahomes. 
You know, all those throws where he was kind of on the line of scrimmage, and just, which, by the way, amazes me that he can do that. Like, we have the benefit of, of course, seeing the superimposed line of scrimmage, and he runs down it like he sees the line. Like, it's crazy right. how close he gets. Like, he yeah. never goes over it. Um, they just – they're doing the little things. And and defensively, they've done a lot of the, the little and the big things now for a while, but they – they played about as perfect as a game as you could play at the NFL level. And look, when you win 48 to nine, part of that is the other team played about as bad of a game as you could possibly play. That's part of the deal. That's fine. Yeah. But even if the Raiders had come out and played their best game today, what do they lose by? Two touchdowns, 17 points. Yeah. They still got killed. And by the way, a quick little note I noticed when I was looking at Twitter, uh, Josh Allen left the Buffalo-Tampa game in a walking boot. Uh, we'll see how serious that is. And Austin Eckler left the Chargers game with an ankle injury, did not return. He, he needed help off the field. So we shall see. And Lamar see. Jackson has a sprained yeah. ankle. And, and yeah. they said, we'll see. And we don't know what that means. We'll like see. High ankle sprain, you know, MRI. fantasy football, it's not looking good for me, guys. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I like that's a part of this that gets overlooked, though. It really is. You know, like yeah. how healthy are you going into the playoffs? You know, how healthy are you? I mean, look, look at last year with the Chiefs, right? Like if Fisher gets hurt at the NBA title game, like that was it. Like they just couldn't block anybody. The year before that, the Chiefs had a ton of injuries that year they won the Super Bowl, but they got healthy at the end of the year. And but and going into the playoffs, other than Thornhill, they were they were healthy and they were dominant. You you wonder with these teams, like how effective are these guys? Maybe they even play, but are they are they them? Are they Fifty percent of them, you know, like the Chiefs, according to Andy Reid, had no injuries in this game. That's huge. And of well, course, you'll assumingly, get Snead back from from going home to deal with the tragedy of his family. And so, you got all over they are. I don't know how you couldn't. Well, Lamar and Josh Allen, especially considering those are very mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen had over a hundred yards rushing this yep. evening. Lamar Jackson, we we all all know his best attribute is his legs, his game breaking ability. If those guys are hobbled, sure, I'm not scared at all to begin with. But you give me Lamar Jackson, who is forced to throw the football. Yeah, I, I would like the Chiefs' odds. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the landscape in a, in a minute, but the the, yeah, the 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 Bills can't run the ball without Josh Allen, um, which is which is not good for them. Um, and that was a hell of a game. Uh, I wanted to touch as, as we're talking about the offense. And by the way, we owe another hat tip to to Rasta. Uh, Gay was my hype man. Love the leap by Daryl. Appreciate you, Rasta. Yes, thank um, you, thank you, Matt Connor. Talk to me about. The legend of Derek Gore, which just continues to grow. Um, you know, you got Daryl Williams stepping up, but it's like this guy, Derek Gore, like, like the Chiefs don't get a lot of big breakaway runs, right? But this Derek Gore guy in the preseason and now in, in, the, in the regular season, we give it some opportunities, has made some things happen. What do you do if you're the Chiefs? Like, do, do you try to, try to shoehorn him in there some more? There's just not room. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think there's room. I mean, we were we were watching a team that was up by, you know, 40 points, uh, give a guy some touches. I think it's great that Gore did what he did. I think it's admirable. He's worked his way onto the roster. But, you know, it's, it's what you would say about like Doris Fountain in the preseason or something. Like you give a hat tip to a guy who makes the most of his opportunities. You don't ask anyone who's like proven himself uh, to step aside for something like that, even if a guy pulls off a 51-yard run. I will say this. It's a testimony to Brett Veach. Brett Veach has said, uh, or someone has said about him, I, I forget where I heard it, but it was like, he loves the running back position. Like, just loves like trying to unearth talent at that position, loves scouting it. And I think this kind of pickup is a good, is a good view of that, where he gets a vision for what a guy can do. And it's fun to see guys like that succeed. So yeah, it's a good game, but I don't, nothing more. All right. I want to ask about 
McCole Hardman, who came back from the dead um, in this game and, and made a couple of big plays. Whenever I see McCole Hardman get the ball in his hands, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's different. Like, it's just a matter of can we get the ball to him? Verderam, do you think that the Chiefs should keep trying to find ways to get the ball into the hands of McCole Hardman and sort of avoid last week where he really didn't make an impact? They gave a handoff to him in this game. Uh, Raiders played it well, but a couple big plays because of how electric he is once he gets the ball in his hands. I don't think they should force it because I think they found a pretty good combination of things. Like Pringle is a really shorthanded receiver for the most part. I know he had the one game, the two drops back to back, but on the whole, he's been very, very good. They've essentially nailed D-Rob to the bench, which is fine by me. They're trying to get Gordon involved. I'm not sitting here saying I would like shun Hardman. I wouldn't do that, but I would not go crazy trying to figure it all out. You know, like, look, whoever you think can take advantage of a certain matchup, play him. I, that's that's the way going forward I'd, I'd look at it, right? Like, if you think Hardman has an advantage against a corner, you think maybe, maybe the guy's bigger, but he's slower. Maybe he doesn't change direction that well. Like, I'd rather have Hardman than Pringle because Hardman can just run away from the guy, right? But maybe if it's more of a, of a corner who's got good speed, but maybe he's a little loose in his hips, he doesn't have great technique, then I want Pringle on him because I think Pringle can run him out of his routes. It's, it, it depends. It totally depends. And Adam, I, I see your analysis, and I, I think it's uh, it's well said. Um, but you know what? Astute, very astute. Yeah, astute. I think the Chiefs, who pretty much did that for sixty minutes, agree with you. Um, yeah, no, I, you know what? It's I just don't think it's one of those like a one size fits all thing. Like, like with Hill and Kelsey, yeah, like you're just going to constantly feed them because you can. But I I don't think with anybody else. Like maybe if you like if you play a real small corner. Maybe you play Gordon more in that game. You're like, you know what? He can just he can just overwhelm the guy with his size. So I think it's a good thing that she said those options. I wouldn't force feed it. And if one guy gets white hot for a few weeks straight, then play him. Then go roll with it. Yeah. But I, I to me, it's a lot like the running backs. Whoever the hell's playing well, play him. I don't care. Like, and if they're all playing well, roll them. You know, I I wouldn't like shoehorn anybody in just because it's convenient. I would just do whatever the hell is going well. Love it. All right, let's get into earning their arrowheads. Time to give out a little bit of hardware. Uh, let's start with Sterling. Haven't heard from you in a minute. Who gets an arrowhead for you for their performance today? Oh, man. Do I go with the obvious Patrick Mahomes? Do I go sure. with Mike? I mean, no, that's boring. We're going to go with Javarius <laughs> Ward, baby. I've been telling everyone for, what, three years now, there's still room. Hop on the Javarius Ward train. Almost another interception in the end zone. It, literally, he was the wide receiver on that play. I, yeah. I, I just feel like this is, a, this is a guy who never gets his due. No one ever says anything about Chevarius Ward. He's always constantly on the number one dude for the other team. He's always in the right position. Sure, he doesn't have the surest hands, but again, this is why he's playing defense and he's not a wide receiver. I think Chevarius Ward is... The, that underrated guy that the Chiefs really need, because when he was out, you noticed the secondary take a, take a dive. Take, it takes yep. a dip. When he's healthy, moves everyone else back, and he is the underrated, the unsung hero on this defense. And by the way, to the guy that asked for the drumhead, last week I said this was Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater. This is Eric Singer uh, from Kiss. He, he was in Kiss for a while, and he also was in Alice Cooper. Eric Singer does a lot of, uh, a lot of work. Love it. All right. Matt Connor, who gets an arrowhead for you? Derek fucking Carr gets my arrowhead today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he laid down. 
he laid down again and again every time we wanted him to. He threw the ball every way we wanted him to. He made sweet love all afternoon to a guy like Hunter Renfro. I'm okay with that. I'd be okay if Hunter Renfro went for 400 yards today. I just could care less. So, yeah. I man. love it. And, and what I love is the Raiders keep keep throwing him out there, too. I, I hope Derek Carr has another 10 years with the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I also hope the Raiders relocate two more times in that stint of time. It's it's a wonderful marriage. <laughs> Derek Carr gets an honorary arrowhead. Um, Verderam, who gets an arrowhead for you? Stacy's reading my mind in the chat. My man, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes gets it. Mike Hughes, first play of the game, scoop and score. Give Jerron Reed love too. He made a great play to get in there, and he breaks up. You know, breaks the run up, forces the fumble. Then I was I was really impressed more than anything with Hughes on that second turnover he was involved in where Renfro beats him, catches the ball, gets up the field, and Hughes didn't quit. He didn't just try to ankle tackle him. He ran up behind him, punched the ball right out. It was a great job by him. So he gets one of them. I thought you could have gone a lot of different ways. Frank Clark, to me, deserves one. Like, he had a – I think he had four pressures, five pressures. Or excuse me, four quarterback hits. I mean, he's all yeah. over Carr throughout the entire – I think he had half a sack as well. Uh, they split quite a few sacks today. Okafor deserves one, sack and a half. And my God, did he crush Carr. Oh, my God, in the fourth quarter, that was a shot and a half, the one that should have been a scoop and score as well. Uh, but I like Matt Connor's style on this. And shout out to the Raiders. Up, or, excuse me, down. 35 nothing. Kicking like a 22-yard field goal at the at the end of the second quarter. What a gutless bullshit move! If that was yeah. the Chiefs, they did that. I would have turned off the television. Yeah. That is so embarrassing, bro. You're down 35 points. You need seven, like to kick that from where were they? The three-yard line. That was that was. I actually can say like, I just busted out laughing when they trotted Carlson out there. If I was Derek Carr, I would have refused to come off the field. Really, I would have been like, no, I'm taking a delay game. Fuck this. I'm not coming off the field. There's no way you're making me come off the field in this situation. But, yeah, you could pick a million guys for the Chiefs today. By the way, Tyreek Hill, over 1,000 yards on the year already. Not bad. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Very all-worthy candidates. Um, I've got to give it – I've got to give one to Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, welcome to the team. You're now officially a Chief. You, you made uh, your first big impact play for this team. Uh, hopefully it's the first of many more red zone targets for you. So welcome to Kansas City. Um, you know, uh, Nick Bolton, quiet game, six tackles out there, making an impact like he always does. Um, and then, of course, we got to give one to Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, uh, you know, he's incredible. The, the throws that he made today were vintage Patrick Mahomes, and it just – it gave, it gave me the feels, uh, and it feels like this offense is back on track, getting their swagger back a little bit. The Raiders seem to be good for that. Um, all right, one more award to give out. I believe this is the first time we've given out this award. It was conceived over a year ago, um, and I'm very excited to, to do this finally. This award is the Marcus Allen Guaranteed Goal Line Touchdown Award and that goes to none other than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has had difficulty scoring on the goal line, made it happen today. Terrific game from him. That Look, that's what you want to see. You get down there, you want a guy who can get the ball in the end zone. 
that's uh, that's the most important thing. So congratulations for the, the Marcus Allen guaranteed goal line. Do you remember Marcus Allen when he was on the Chiefs, man? Like they got down in the goal line and it was just Marcus Allen, one yard touchdown, Marcus Allen, two yard touchdown over and over and over again. You knew that you were going to score. Of course, that offensive line, I probably could have punched one in running behind big Willie Rove down there. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's, as we get ready to wrap things up here, let's talk about this AFC playoff race. So a few things went the chiefs way today, the Browns who the chiefs have a tiebreaker against. And I, I don't think the chiefs are too worried about the Browns yeah, catching them. They did what the chiefs needed them to do. And they knocked off the, the Ravens, even though they tried their damnedest to lose after Lamar Jackson yeah, goes sucked. out of the game. They uh, yeah. They're they just, they're not, they're, very, they're me. I don't think they're mediocre. They're a mediocre they team. Fringe that, playoff time. <laughs> That's, they're look. Verterim has no like me, no, mediocre middle ground either. Yeah, you are the no, greatest, or you suck, or the worst. You suck baby. There's no in between. No. It's, it's, no, yeah, that, that's a problem with, with why the media deal. Listen, it's turn on ESPN. Everybody's great. Everybody's awesome. Everybody's oh come on, just say it. They played Tyler Huntley for two and a half quarters. They had a twenty-four to six lead. Mayfield throws for like thirty-nine yards in the second half. They don't even score a point. They can't recover an onside kick. They got the hands team out there. The ball hit the guy in the leg. He fielded it out like a blindfold. That was bad. I, I thought mean, for sure they were going to lose. Two and a half quarters yeah. in a must-win game off a bye. Yeah. They get Tyler Huntley out there and can't do anything. Can't score a point in the second half. Huntley's going <laughs> up and down. He outplayed Mayfield in the damn game. Yeah. But, like, it was look, brutal. Hey, yes. They're better but than the Jags, Jags, okay? They're better than the yeah, Jags. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Urban Meyer, when he walked off the field today, he looked like he saw the football version of Vietnam. Did you see that? Oh, he looked like he was going to need therapy by the time he got to the, the yeah. sideline. He goes, I should have taken the USC job. Oh, that, yeah. is, that is a yeah. trainer. That's it right. over there. But the Browns, look, great for the Chiefs, the Browns won that game. The Browns are just – I mean, to, to almost blow that game is impossible. That is impossible to almost blow that game. But they held on, and it's a good thing for the Chiefs. So looking at the landscape, because because of that, because of that loss, uh, even though the Chiefs, the, they don't have the tiebreaker against the Ravens, it doesn't matter now because the Chiefs have more wins and fewer losses than the Ravens. So the Chiefs are currently the three seeds. So here's how things shake out. You got New England. They're idle this week. Nine and four, they're the number one seed. The Titans, they won uh, and just played the Jaguars and just didn't let them score. Um, the Titans, by the way, uh, they've got a little bit of a tough – their, their schedule's not that tough the rest of the way. Uh, they're nine and four, the two seed. They're, they could potentially be some major competition for the Chiefs if they continue to play well, particularly on defense. The news came out that Derrick Henry could be back even actually before the playoffs. So – not that's not great because he makes that whole team go. Um, they banked enough wins and they banked a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So Kansas City is going to need Tennessee to slip up here before the end of the season if they want to get the one seed. But the Chiefs moved into the third spot. They're looking good. Uh, Ravens are four. The Chargers are five. Chiefs can knock them down a peg and claim that division lead uh, or, or keep that division lead, extend that division lead on Thursday night. Colts move into the sixth spot. The Bills with the loss fall to seven and six. They're actually in danger of not making the playoffs, which is just incredible. But uh, it's true. 
Um, and then you got the Browns there at the eight seed at seven and six, and they're fighting with the Bengals seven and six, Broncos seven and six, and the Steelers six and six. How do you see this whole thing shaking out, Matt Connor, in the AFC? Uh, it's hard to see the Chiefs making the number one seed, although every week there are teams sort of seem like they're stepping aside and going, here you go, Casey, here's your path. Remember, just it wasn't that long ago that even on this podcast that we were talking about, will the Chiefs make the playoffs, right? So, you know, like I, I don't want it to seem like a downer if I say they can't reach the number one seed. They've already come a tremendous way from where we've been discussing them before. I think the schedule is just too easy for some <clears> of the teams that still hold a tiebreaker or even a one-game edge at this point. I think the Chiefs are playing the first round. That's that's what I think will happen. Um, but I'd love to be proven wrong there. Do you think the Chiefs are going to win out? I do. I just don't know that that either the Titans or the Patriots would lose from here on out either. I will so, say Titans have to play the Colts at some point. I think the Colts are the better team. I, I will stand right. by that. Both times? Titans swapped. Well, shit, I'm wrong. <laughs> I think the Titans have – I know they've got the Dolphins and the 49ers. They're the Steelers in Pittsburgh this oh, Sunday. The Steelers. That's, uh, a, that's the one. Do you think New England wins out? Because I, I still don't trust Mac Jones. Bill Belichick doesn't trust <clears throat> Mac Jones to an extent. There's just something about New England. I know their defense is fantastic. They had, what, eight guys set out last year because of COVID. They're, they're back. They have this mastermind of a head coach. I understand all that. But when it comes down to it, do you trust Mac Jones to win out for you? I don't. I don't trust them in a head-to-head matchup. You're asking me if I think they're going to win out. From the very beginning of the season, I put big money on the Patriots to win that division. I think they're doing what I thought they'd do. I think Belichick, they have a great defense, and you can ride that, and they're going to ride it. That's what I think. So I I think if the Chiefs – I think the game on Thursday is the difference between the Chiefs having the one or the five seed. Because yep. if they win this game, I do not think they'll lose another game. I don't. I think they'll kill the Steelers. I think they will handle the Bengals, and I think they will absolutely murder Denver if they have to win that game to be a one seed. So, well, the Titans, I've seen some people ask, what, what is the schedule ahead? I can't give you the exact order, um, but they play – I think they have Houston on the road, memory serves. I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. They play at Pittsburgh. They host Miami, and they host the Niners. I think they will yeah, lose at, at Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, home against the Niners – Home against the Dolphins at the Texans to finish the okay. season. I think I think they will lose. Frank, I think they're going to lose to Pittsburgh. I think they'll lose one of those games. New England is on Saturday playing at Indianapolis, and then both teams out of a bye, and then they play the the Bills a day after Christmas in Foxborough. If Josh Allen's healthy, I think the Bills will beat them. <laughs> I thought the Bills would have beaten them the first time. I think I actually said right after the game on Twitter, I think the Bills are going to win that division. I think they're going to run the table. And I think New England's going to lose to the Colts. I think they're going to lose to the to the Bills. The Colts are a weird matchup for them because they're a lot like them. They want to run the ball, stay ahead of the sticks, play good defense. The Colts are a lot like them, except with with I. I know look, Wentz can throw some picks that scare the hell out of you sometimes, but he's also more more prolific than Mac Jones. So I think if the Chiefs beat the Chargers, they're going to be the number one seed. Now that's a big if. The Chiefs are a three point favorite, but it's it's a tough game. That Colts secondary, I just. I just don't buy it. You're forgetting one thing, though. New England's obligatory loss to the Dolphins. I'm just saying that's week 17. Dolphins have to that's get that win. It's, it's, they, it's just they, they've, they've checked it off in the schedule. It's the rules. Could, the could makes lightning strike twice? 
So the Chiefs, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I uh, they needed the Patriots to lose Week 17, and they lost to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are scrappy. I'm going to quickly go full nerd here, and I do mean quickly, but I love this kind of stuff. I sit here and play on the playoff machine for like an hour. All the, I just I love trying to figure out different things. The Bills are going to have to beat the Patriots to make the playoffs. They're going to have to win that game. Their other three games are really easy. Panthers, Falcons, Jets at home. They'll kill those three teams. But to get to the playoffs in the AFC, I think you've got to get to at least 10 wins, right? And they'd say, well, they could lose to the pass and get to 10. The problem for the Bills is they are going to have almost no tiebreakers in their advantage. Like, so they lost to the Colts. They won't win that tiebreaker. In most realistic scenarios, the Bills are not going to have a better conference record than the Chargers. They're not going to have a better conference record than Baltimore. They're not going to have a better conference record than Cincinnati. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs in a lot of situations if they don't win all, if they don't win 11 games. They got to win out. So they're going to go up there with everything they've got. Even if, even if they know that, Hey, maybe we can't win the division. Although at that point, you know, there's still be a couple of games after that. You can still keep it open, but I think the Bills are going to win that game. And I, I think Tennessee, look, Tennessee had 250 yards of offense today against Jacksonville. They're going to lose a game. The question for me is, can Kansas City go into LA on Thursday night and win that game? The Chiefs are the better team. Uh, the Chargers are awful defensively. Awful. And if Eckler doesn't play, that's a huge deal because he is a pain in the ass to deal with in the past game. But that game, like the Chiefs have spent the last six weeks digging out of that shit storm they put themselves in at three and four. This game on Thursday night is the final little bit they've got to dig out. If they win that game, they are now out of the hole and all of a sudden in really good position. But they got to win that game. And I look, I think they're better. They're favored by three points on the road. I, I, and by the way, it's going to sound like Arrowhead on Thursday night at that game, I'm sure. But that's that's the big one. To me, the biggest thing standing in the way of the Chiefs in the one seed is that game. Because if they don't win it, there's a very good chance they don't even win the division. Yeah. Yeah, you've been saying it for a week now. This This is the game of the year so far for the Chiefs. Coming up against the Chargers on Thursday night. And bad luck for the Chargers, obviously, the the injury to Eckler, but also the fact that there's a game on Thursday. So there's just not a lot of time to heal up. Not ideal, but that's that's Thursday night football. And you've got to say, everybody's banged up, but the Chiefs got to be coming out of this game feeling pretty good, feeling pretty healthy, a uh, few hard hits and things like that. But it wasn't too hard fought of a game, and they got to pretty much take the fourth quarter off. So that's pretty great. Okay, before we get out of here, our guy, Jaden, who's the – Biggest, uh, you're going to have to give him a producer credit on the show here uh, for all his support tonight. Seriously. He asked us to wrap things up with, uh, with a question, and I think it's a really fun one. Um, at the end of the night, who is everyone's favorite Chiefs player of all time? Let's start with Matt Verter. Man, of all time. I- I'm really tempted to just say Mahomes, but, you know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with Derek Thomas as a kid. I grew up in the 90s, and, man, there are a few things that you love more than him just coming around the edge, and you can just see it coming. Like, blindside is just going to kill whoever the quarterback was. Jamal Charles is in there for me, too. Love Jamal Charles. Um, But I think it's got to be DT. He was, as a kid, I had a Derek Thomas jersey. Now I have another, but I have a different Derek Thomas jersey. But I I loved him. I loved him. Uh, he, He was so much fun to watch. Great, great player. Uh, gone way too soon. Matt Connor, your favorite chief. The Nigerian nightmare. The perfect <laughs> blend of size and speed. Christian yeah. Okoye. I mean, I was, uh, I'm old. So I was a little kid. 
I saw, I just couldn't believe, you know, like when you're a kid, anything big is awesome and anything fast is awesome. And so watching a guy who's like a human refrigerator, even the pads back then, like watching him run over and then you could play Tecmo Bowl and oh, run yeah. over people just like him too. So I was like, he was just incredible. So I'll forever. I'm, I love Krishna Koi. If you're out there somewhere. <laughs> I, I would kiss you. I would kiss your hand. I would hug you. That I might not help in a meeting. <laughs> I'll eat Count Chocula with you. Whatever. That's right. Please call me. That's all. Love it. <laughs> Love the Nigerian nightmare. He looks so terrifying coming down, coming down into the line. Uh, Sterling, your favorite chief. You're a little bit younger than yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. Will Shields is up there, but I got to go with Priest Holmes. It, dude, it's literally the same last name. That's just child's play. But when yeah. you're a kid growing up and you're watching him jump over the line for, what was it, 27, 29 touchdowns that one season? Him going back and forth with the LT. I, I loved Priest Holmes. And this is hilarious coming from a guy who thinks that running backs don't matter for the most part anymore. Priest Holmes was just an absolute joy to watch. He was one of my – one of the reasons why I started loving football, to be completely frank with you. I, I loved watching Priest Holmes play, and he's still, to this day, my favorite player, I think, of all time. Well, I, I just thought Sterling was so young. I thought he was going to say C.J. Spiller. Uh, it's actually Chase Daniel. Sure. Chase Daniel. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got to go. I've got to go with Jamal Charles. I mean, I just it it was it was such a dark time to be a Chiefs fan, you know, during Jamal's prime, and he was the light. He made it all worth watching the games because you would just sit down and you'd be like. This guy, you know, has a ch- even remember we finally made the playoffs against Baltimore and we got shellacked. But oh, Jamal yeah. broke it broke. There was that one shining moment where you thought we're yeah, gonna win we're gonna win a playoff game because Jamal Charles is Jamal Charles. Um he was just so I, I don't think I've seen a running back like that ever. Just absolutely incredible. Loved watching him. I gotta give two hat tips. One to Joe Montana. He's the reason that I'm a Chiefs fan. Yep. Um, I, I was a big Joe Montana fan growing up. I liked him when he was on the 49ers before I had really picked a team, followed him to Kansas City, became a Chiefs fan, got my Montana jersey over there in the closet. And the, my favorite favorite Chief that I never saw play football for the Chiefs, Joe Delaney. Makes me proud to be a Chiefs fan every year when I hear Joe's story. Um, uh, I, 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 read, I read the same SI article about Joe Delaney every year uh, on the anniversary of his yeah. death, and yeah. I shed a tear every single year thinking about Joe. You know, saying to somebody like, "I, I might not, I might drown. So if you see me drowning, basically send help, but I got to try to save those kids." Absolutely incredible person. Um, yep. And so uh, I, I, I need. I don't have one, but I need a Joe Delaney jersey. I um, uh, any Verder? No, I'll say real quick. And I, of course, never saw him play. Um, and Jaden, thanks again for that super chat, man. You were rolling. Um, appreciate it so much. Um, and Delaney's an awesome call. Yeah. I mean, just what a human being. I obviously, of course, never saw this guy play, but Willie Lanier is right up there. And I will tell you, I interviewed him for a story years ago when I wrote a, a long form on the 69 Chiefs. And he talked about their win in the divisional playoffs against the Jets at Chase State and the Jets were defending champions. And the Chiefs were at that point up 6 3 late in the game, pass interference in the end zone, first goal to one yard line. And we talked about this goal line stand, which is usually the biggest goal line stand in the Chiefs history, right? Obviously, they, they made the stand. The Jets ended up kicking a field goal. The Chiefs went down, scored, and won the game. And he was talking to me. He kind of paused, and he was like, you know, 
they had six inches to go. That just wasn't a concession I was willing to make. And like, it was like the coolest thing anybody's ever said to me. It's just a waste. He's like, they weren't going to score. He's like, I just, I didn't care if I was off sides. What were they going to do? Move the ball half an inch? He's like, we were just trying to time the jump. And he's like, Namath was so terrified of, of, of them taking a false start. They kept going on one. And he's like, we were just jamming up the line. It was watching old clips of them. It would have been a joy to watch that defense. I think of all those guys, Willie Lanier, contact would have been the guy I would have loved to have watched. Love it. All right, everybody. Um, we got to get out of here. So look, as far as the schedule goes, I, we need to coordinate with Sterling and Matt, but we're going to maybe try to all record on Tuesday during Sterling and Matt's regular scheduled time, Monday or Tuesday. We'll figure it out behind the scenes. So you have a, a game preview for the Chargers game since Matt and I's normal day is Thursday. And then Thursday night, We'll be back after this huge, massive game for the Chiefs. So this is that fun time of year where you get you get a Chiefs game on Sunday and you get a Chiefs game on Thursday, and then the Chiefs get a mini-buy for the stretch run. Um, absolutely incredible. Any parting thoughts from the peanut gallery here? I'm going to need a mini-buy after that. Yeah. I need an emotional yeah. mini-buy. <laughs> I'm going to be done, man. Uh, shout out to my independence folk, Mugs Up Root Beer, best root beer in Kansas City. Shout out to y'all. Nice. Nice. You need to reach out to them about a sponsorship. Come on. Go off your ass. Sorry. I would love – all I would all I need, three Zip Burgers, a root beer, and a fry, and I am golden. <laughs> it's, I mean, we can't expect Jaden to fund the whole show here. Um, actually, we, we, I think we are going to have a local Kansas City sponsor very soon. I can't say who yep. just yet because the ink is not dry on the paper, but I'm very, very excited uh, to share that all with you pretty soon. Okay. Uh, Matt Connor, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Raiders did what they needed to do. They uh, went to bed so much that they got to change the sheets. So uh, <laughs> they got to throw out the mattress. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Burn literally, it. I mean, it was the worst night for them, but it's the best thing long term for the franchise. It'll be interesting to see. I'm curious to see what they do on wholesale wholesale changes coming up. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging with us and waiting for the show tonight while we finished up those uh, afternoon games. Go enjoy uh, or don't enjoy watching the Bears game. And uh, we will see you guys uh, sometime on Tuesday. We'll put out, watch our Twitter accounts to see what time we're going to be streaming live. Um, but for Sterling Holmes, Matt Murderan, Matt Connor, my name is Patrick Allen. Thank you so much for your support. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.